So my message today is being watched. Are we being watched? Yes, we're being watched. I don't this. Proverbs 15.3 says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. Now, I wanted to, I wore this today. I don't know if you saw it. It's got words all over it. Emmanuel, Redeemer, Strong Tower, The Way, The Truth, and The Life. These are the names of Jesus to be read of all men. Second okay. Corinthians says, you are an epistle written in our hearts, known and read of all men. We are being watched. Hebrews 12 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witness. There's a lot of people watching. So here's what we do. Lay aside all the weight and the sin that so easily besets you and run with patience. There's that patience. The race that is set before us. Because people are watching how you run. I went to the beach with Tom for our anniversary and you have to walk down these deep steps to get down to the ocean. And this lady was having a hard time getting up them steps. So I was waiting. Tom goes, you're going to be a while. I said, okay. So I'm standing back watching. And I heard the Holy Spirit, why don't you go help her? Oh, you know, sometimes we just need to get a kick in the you know where just to go do something. So I went over there and I said, can I help you? Because sometimes you want to ask somebody and they'll say no. And then you get rejected. We can't be afraid of rejection, okay? So I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to help this lady. Oh, yes, I'll, you can help me. So I helped her up. And I only say this because as I was looking among the, all the people sitting on the sand, there was a woman that was watching. She was watching what I was doing. And all I could think was what she was thinking. Wow, look what she did. Maybe I can go do that too. See, I believe that our good deeds are contagious. Remember that movie where you pay it forward? You do something and then, you know, you just do something else for somebody else and that person does something else nice for somebody else. See, well, your actions are going to speak louder than your words. And so we've got a little family coming here soon. They're going to say a lot of stuff, but their actions is really what's going to teach those kids what you do matters. People want to see what we do in a situation. Okay, I have, to, I have to tell you this. I have a friend, her name is Mary Pat. And she had experienced and lost her mother, her son, and her brother all within a month. They all passed away. And she was a Bible study teacher at a church I was attending. You wouldn't even know she had a loss. She just kept on serving God. You could take it two ways. She was cold and heartless, didn't care. Or wow, she really believes God. I went with that one. And that changed my life to where I can have peace and joy in the midst of horrendous experiences. When we watch other people in their life, can we use them as examples or examples of what not to do? 
So we have both ways. You have to be a discerning. Are we going to respond as the world? And get all worked up, well, you know, that happened to me, and I'm just so this and that, and I just think that's so unfair. Unfair, so unfair. Now, if we're speaking that to an unsaved world, what do you think they're going to receive from that? That God isn't great? That God isn't good? That God doesn't answer your prayers? We need to speak out a little differently, don't we? We need to be a little bit more peculiar with our language. What is up could be down. And see, God, he's like a topsy-turvy, you know. Yeah. If you want it, give it away. So it's all, God's think, thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And there is no risk with God. I had somebody in here, she's not here today, so I will mention it, that said, I don't want to do it because I might risk, I might risk something to God. What are, what are you risking? The truth. You need the truth with God. See, that sometimes when you listen to people, you know where their heart is, right? You, you know a little bit about them, how they're really believing, if they trust God. You know what comes out of their mouth. Just wait for a couple of minutes. You can discern what's going on. I'm going to throw this in here really quickly because it's just a little thing that we see it all the time out in the world. The third eye. What's that third eye? It's occultism. It's, it's this thing that they, they, it's like they have this here and they have this little eye. It's the knowledge. Well, you know what? For us, that's God. That's the Holy Spirit. So, uh, and, and I want to throw in here a little bit about occultism because I'll tell you what, we aren't getting, we are not talking about that very much in the, in the churches. What is occultism? And I want to tell you exactly what it is. If you were looking through a telescope and you saw the most beautiful star you ever saw in the world and you said, ooh, I want you to come see this star. So you grab your friend, the person comes and looks at the star, but right when, the, right when they looked into it, the moon passed in front of it. So now they're looking at the reflection of the real thing. That's occultism. It's not the truth. So are we really looking at the truth. I'm going to be talking about it next week if the Lord opens this up for me to talk about which Bible are we reading. We're all reading different versions, but I'm telling you something, it's going to say something differently out of those different versions. So we need to come together and decide which version we really want to follow after to be on the same page. Because we need to understand that there is a difference in versions, and I'm going to talk about that next time. We need the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. The Bible tells us don't add anything or don't take anything away, but a lot of these versions have added and taken away. Matter of fact, there's a scripture. I need to bring it up right now. I found it, and it's one, just one real important scripture. A friend of mine quoted it to me, and I go, yes, but did you read the whole scripture? We can't take it out of context. And it's in Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. We all got that, right? We've all heard that. But then it continues. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. NIV leaves that part out. New Living Translation leaves that part out. 
people are walking around feeling bad about themselves because they're being condemned. They're feeling condemned. It says right here, but if you walk after the flesh, you will be condemned. But if you walk after the spirit, you will not. You see, the answer was right there, and that was left out of that version. So the people are walking around in bondage. It just takes one little word to change the meaning. It's so important that we're all on the same page, and I want to talk about that next time. The truth is painful, yet powerful. What are we told to do in the Bible? Watch and wait. Watch and pray. Watch and wait for what? Watch and wait for what? Your blessings? Your kids to grow up? The job to come? No, watch and wait for God. He says, always looking up, watching for his return. There's so many people that say, oh, I don't want him to return yet. I got too much to do. I want to go do this. I want to buy that. I want to have that. I want to... It's not going to matter in 20 years. You can't take it with you. Proverbs 8, 34 says, Blessed is a man that hears me watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. Every day we are watching. Every day we are waiting. Waiting for the Lord to speak so that we can do what he asks us to do. Peace comes when we simply do what he says. Look what happened to Jonah. He didn't do what God said. He ran. He ended up getting swallowed by a whale. If he would have just done what God told him to do in the first place, he wouldn't have to go through all that. So what do we do? Do we do the same thing? We just go, well, you know, I'll do that later. I don't think I want to do it right now. That doesn't sound very comfortable to me. You're going to end up doing it anyway, eventually. You might as well just get on the show because then you're going to get to do something else of great value. Remember that time, I think I shared that story with you where there was a guy in a restaurant and he had a very deformed face. He was just really deformed and he was sitting in the corner of this restaurant and God told me to go tell him I love him. Tell him that I love him. I didn't want to tell him. I, was, I didn't want to go to that guy. I was a respective person at that moment. I don't want, eh. I said, but, okay, God, God, okay. I'll do it after I order my food. So I'm sitting there ordering my food. Uh, okay, oh, wait, after I eat, Lord. After I eat, I'll go tell him. And I'm sitting there, and I get done eating. After I pay my bill, after I pay my bill, okay, I'll do it. All right. Mm. The whole time I was being tormented, wasn't I? Yeah. Wasn't I? I couldn't eat good. Probably have a stomach ache when I got done. I get in my car about that time. Oh, I didn't do it, God. I didn't do it. I, I was so mad at myself. I felt so guilty and shamed that I didn't obey. He just told me, go tell him I love him. What was wrong? What, why didn't I just do that? Well, I said, Lord, give me another chance. Would you please give me another chance? He's all for second chances. So guess what? The following week, I went into that same restaurant, and there he was. Wow. What did I do? Did I order my food? No. I went straight over. God loves you. That's all I had to say. He didn't want me to get into some theological preaching on the guy. He just wanted me to tell I love you. He gave me that second chance. That changed that person's life. Yesterday, my life was changed by somebody's action to me. I was driving my car. You know the roundabout here in Plymouth? You know how to do it, right? You just keep driving in the roundabout. Do you stop in the middle of the roundabout? Okay, well, this car decided to stop 
because there was a car waiting to come in. And okay, I honked my horn. Okay, I'm telling you the truth. I honked my horn because I was like, I mean, whoa, you know, it, it, they didn't keep going. So I honked my horn. And guess what they do? They flip me off. So their hand is sticking out the window. And I, oh, okay. And so I had a little time to think about it as we're driving along. I follow him. And I'm looking in the mirror. I'm going, that's an old guy. He's got something to pass. I'm not going through this in my head, okay? So I'm following him. His example to me, and I'm going, okay, now what is my example though? What am I doing? Am I living and acting like the world? So what I did in the mirror, I went <laughs> to him, okay? I don't know that he saw it, but I, I mean, I had to do so. I was like, uh. So I follow him, and I'm going to Jackson. Well, there's a little back way through Sutter Creek, right? They turn, and so did I. Now, normally I would have gone straight because I was going to Jackson. No, I followed him. I'm, I'm going to follow him. So I get on, I follow this guy. This just happened yesterday, okay? I'm telling you the truth. So I'm just, this is my family here. I would tell my family. So I, and I get and I follow him, and there's an estate sale. I'm going to go to the estate sale. He pulls into the parking lot. Three guys get out of the car. I pull and park someplace else. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to leave a note on their car and, and encourage them. That's what I really wanted to do. But it took a minute. Okay, it took, it took a little bit of that thought process, like we were talking about in Bible study, that you want to do this first, and then you start thinking about it pretty soon. Okay, Lord, you'll have your way, huh? So the cool part was, the moral of the story was, I would never have gone through there and ended up at that estate sale if I didn't follow him. And I wanted to hit a couple of estate sales yesterday. But I'm telling you, his actions impacted me, changed my direction. When we watch other people, is what they're doing impacting you and changing your direction? See, God uses all for good. Even though I was like, okay, I'm being a little irritating to that guy. I know it. I know I'm, I'm just following him wherever he was going, you know. I wanted to see where he was going to. I'm telling you the truth, you know. I still got a lot of flesh in me. But I'll tell you what, God wins out in the end. He gave me about 15 minutes to figure it out before I parked. And they did have a rear brake light out. So I was going to say, hey, by the way, your brake light is out and... God bless you. But he left. They were gone. I didn't even get a chance to do that. But that was my, my thought process. But I had to laugh at myself because I still have a tendency inside of me by what other people do can impact me. Am I in the right place here? Does other people's actions sometimes impact you for the good or for the bad? We're gonna t you know what? It's up to us to do with it what we're going to do. And the more we know God the more we're going to respond properly. Now, it took me a little bit. I mean, I'm faster than I used to be, okay? Back in the day, it was like a week before I really got it. Now it's like 15 minutes. So it's, I'm getting better. So we are being watched. We are being watched. And, and it's interesting because um, that, that whole phrase, it's just not fair, it's just not fair. I heard somebody say, no, it's not fair, it's grace. If we look at not being fair, you're telling God he's not just. No, it's grace. 
We've got to change our thinking. Matthew 27, 54 says this about our life. And what is our life saying? When the centurion and they that were with him watching Jesus, so he stood off afar and goes, hmm, let me see, that guy can actually heal people? Wow. So what are they saying about you? Ooh, that person actually can, you mean, I'm going to call them when I need somebody to pray for me. Have you ever, do you have any people like that in your life where they don't hang out with you any other time, but when they have a need, they call you? See, that's, that's you changing their life. You don't even know it, and you're changing their life. It says uh, he was there watching Jesus. They were, he was on the cross at this time, watching Jesus on the cross, and they saw the earthquake, and they saw the things that were done. They feared greatly, saying, truly, this was the Son of God. So when they look at your life, are they going to say about you, ooh, this person's a Christian? They live what they believe. They're not a hypocrite. Wow. So the other day, I got a phone call. I was talking to somebody, the Baptist pastor over here. Me and him have been talking. We've been talking about even having a revival together. So we're getting some rapport going in the community with the pastors. And he goes, were you in the restaurant the other day? Were you kind of wearing a beige outfit and your husband has tall and gray hair? And I go, that could have been us. And then he said, he says, I knew it was you because you guys bowed and prayed before your meal. And I knew then you were the pastor of Plymouth Community Church. I go, wow, that, he saw, he was watching. He was watching and then knew my heart. See, when you go out into public, people are watching. Strangers people that you know, and God, he says, my eye is watching everything. Now here's what happens. Sometimes when they watch us, they judge us for what they see because we're not like them. We're not doing what they think we should do and we're not like them. So I was talking to somebody, and I'm telling you all this stuff is real. This is happening right now. There's a group of people in Plymouth this one lady absolutely does not like me. She flat out told my friend, do not, do not have anything to do with Linda. I don't like her. <laughs> and I said, well, can you tell me why? She goes, yeah, because about 12 years ago, uh, you had a meeting at your house and you were just so busy that they didn't like that you were so busy. In other words, I was, I was just too busy. I thought, well, that's kind of a compliment. I don't know. So what happened was that I was judged. I don't know what it was about from a 12-year-old thing. Have you changed in 12 years? Has anybody ever grown? Maybe even from yesterday. See, we're judging people by their past. We got we to gotta stop judging people by their past. 1 Corinthians 11.31 says, but when we are judged, because it's going to happen, when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord. What? What do you mean? That we should not be condemned with the world. You've got to read the whole passage. Because we are going to be judged. Do you believe that? Do you believe everybody in here is going to be judged at one time or another? But get this. They can judge you all you want because it's coming from God. 
He says, I'm chastening you. So when I, being, when I was being judged, I said, Lord, what are you showing me? Instead of getting mad at the group of people, I offered forgiveness and said, Lord, what are you showing me? He said, people are judging people for their past. You need to address that. And I'm sure he's not done with me yet. He's going to tell me a few more things. And it says, and uh, uh, what does Paul say? It is a very small thing that you should judge me. <laughs> I don't even judge myself, he says. He says, I don't even judge myself. But in the Bible, it also tells you to judge yourselves, okay, so that you can know what is right and what is wrong. But he says, I don't even judge myself. I'm so busy serving God, I don't have time to think about me. See, if we are thinking about God all the time, we don't have time to think about ourselves. I like the scripture, and I've said it before. Zechariah 13, 6, it says, Who are these wounds in your hands? And they shall answer, Those are which I was wounded in the house of my friends. We are judged by others. So when I first became a pastor here, and I brought it up at our, our meeting, uh, I questioned myself. I judged myself. I was found guilty that I was a woman leading a church service. And then somebody so lovingly said, you know what, I felt the same way. But when I opened my Bible and it said, judge not, it changed their mind. There is an eye in the sky. And I'm not talking about God's eye. We know God's looking. We know he sees us in every place. We can't get away with nothing. Shakespeare said this, there are a thousand eyes watching you in the darkness. But I would say this, there's a lot watching you in the daylight too. God sees all. Here's something that's happening in our life, in our world. There are 12,000 satellites in the sky watching us right now. 35,000 will be there by next year. Remember back when the Holocaust was happening and they hid people in the basements? You cannot be hidden anymore. Nothing can be hidden. Everything's going to be revealed. The Bible even says anything done in secret will be revealed in the end. There's an old Indian proverb that says this. When your heart is full of coals, fire is going to shoot out of your mouth. It's the same thing with Christians. Whatever's in your heart, that's what comes out. That's what the Bible says. It's going to come out. You are what you believe, what you think. David even said, create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Why? Because he felt he had a dirty heart. That's a, that's a prayer we all need to ask God. Lord, is there anything in me, between me and you, that needs to be cleaned out? Because we are going to respond and act that way, and the people are watching and determining on your life if they're going to seek God or not. Do you know that you are the ones between God and the people? You. You know, I had a friend that said, you know, I would love to do ministry and I would love to do all this work, but there's just people involved. I don't want to get involved. The people are messy. I don't want to deal with people. If there was no people, I could do it. But it's all about people, isn't it? The stories in the Bible also says, you know, um, are for our example. Moses, um, all the people in the Old Testament are examples of what they did, like in Sarah's life, she was a messy until she finally realized that she had faith and that God gave her the faith to believe. 
took a while. I don't know how many years. It took years for, for Sarah to come around to be in faith. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Are we walking around saying that? When I sing this song, For the glory of your name. When I'm driving behind that car yesterday, am I singing for the glory of your name? <laughs> yes, I was. I go, oh. So see, sometimes we, we, we're hard-headed. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Do we believe this? Do we believe this? That he wants us to not forget all his benefits. You're going, well, I don't have any benefits. Oh, yeah, you do. Read your word. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. You know, the scripture says that whatever you ask in my name, I will give it to you according to his will. What is God's will? Can I tell you what it is? It's so easy. His nature and character. Whatever you ask within his nature and character, he will give it to you immediately. Let me say that again. When you ask God for something, are you asking amiss outside of his nature and character? Or are you asking within his nature and character? Because then he will give it to you. He says, I will give it to you. Who redeems thy life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that the youth is renewed like the eagles. Okay, who wants to be renewed? Ah, uh, yes. The Lord executes judgment and justice for all that are oppressed. So I'm going to end with a story. Tom was at the coast with me, and um, we were talking about some things in our life. And, I, and, and in our relationship, I know he's, pain, he's got some pain about a relationship in his family. And I see it. You know, you can tell by your family members that they're in pain and all that. So I had, he had a little pain going on and. So I said, you know what, Tom, why don't we just ask God what he thinks? So I got my Bible out, and I just, bloop, opened it up, bloop, went right there. This is what it said. Psalm 106. Praise ye the Lord. Give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, and his mercy endures forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth his praise? Blessed are they that keep judgment, and he that does righteousness at all times. Remember me, O Lord. Tom's saying this. Remember me, O Lord, with thy favor that thou bearest unto thy people. O visit me with thy salvation, that I may see the good of thy chosen, that I might rejoice in the gladness of thy nation, that I might glory with thine inheritance. It was all about inheritance. I lost $20 million in inheritance for $20 million he lost through an inheritance, okay? So he's been, this has been eating at him and eating at him and eating at him. He's eating at him and eating. And so that day, he goes, you mean God is in charge of my inheritance? Yes, Amen. He goes, what? So he got free because of what the scripture said to him when we needed it in that hour. That moment in time. And then it says in Psalm 119, Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. He took the word and he applied it to his life. So I'm driving home and I said, Tom, what are you thinking? He goes, there's room. I can, it's not there. Awesome. 
because he finally believed God is going to take care of that part of his life. So I want to ask you, what part of your life are you holding on to thinking you've got to do something, you've got to fix it, it's eating at you, it's nipping at your heels, your health? You used to do stuff and you can't do it anymore? What is eating at you right now that is messing with your mind? I want to pray for you in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you, God, that you want us to identify those things in our lives that aren't representing you well. People are watching. Maybe somebody in the world is going to have an inheritance problem and Tom's going to be an example now of your faithfulness, Lord, of your glory. I want us to be able to be an example today in Jesus' name. Father, that in your name, in your power of your name, that we will be able to identify those things in our lives, repent for what we see, glorify for those things that are remaining, that are of you. And anything that's between us, Lord, me and you, Lord, remove it. Forgive us. And let them go out today contemplating their heart before you and knowing how much you love them. It's the chastisement of the Lord that shows how much you love us. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.